beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination. Transformers, the movie. Hello and welcome. This is Octaviano Macia speaking. And what you're listening to is basically a podcast all about animated films. But not just any animated films. Animated films not made by Walt Disney. The company, not really the man, but of course also the man. So this is a podcast I started mainly because I like talking about movies and I figured why not do something special. And I love animation and well, we landed on this. Now sure, I could also talk about Disney animated movies, but I figured, you know, there's enough talk about Disney animated films. What about movies made by other companies? So there you go. I can't believe it's not the mouse. I could have chosen a better name for that, but I figured, eh, that works. So, for this official first episode, I focused on a movie that's a bit special to me. It's a movie that is well-beloved by certain people. It's what you would call a cult classic. I am, of course, talking about Transformers the Movie from 1986. An animated movie based on the TV show that premiered just a few years before that. Now, of course, if you know anything about Transformers, you know it's a toy line. You know that... This is all basically a cash grab, and, you know, that's fine. I mean, as long as it's a good story, who cares, really? That's always been my thing. As long as you have a good story, it doesn't matter if you're doing a cash grab. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter if uh, you're selling out. It's fine, as long as, you know, it works. Now, if you're unaware of the TV show, Transformers is basically about a war between two alien robot factions, the Autobots and the Decepticons. These are robots that transform into different vehicles and hence the name transformers so you got the leader optimus prime voiced by peter colin who transforms into a, a truck you have megatron on the side of the villains who transforms into a gun which is always weird but you know in some versions they make him turn into a tank much better this movie takes place just uh, a few decades after the show which makes it weird i mean at least in the time period of when the the movie came out it was in the future the movie takes place in the year 2005 which clearly not our 2005 but it was 2005 uh it was a future for for them at the time so within the time the decepticons have already taken over the homeworld of the autobots and the autobots are relegated to earth there's even a city called transformer city which is where most of the the Earth scenes take place. Among the humans, you only see two of them, a kid and his father. If I'm not mistaken, the father is actually the kid from the original show. I'll admit, I'm a little hazy when it comes to the original show. I actually was introduced to Transformers through Beast Wars, which was one of the many follow-ups that they did. Uh, That one focusing more on animal to robot transformations. Not the point. And we get a whole slew of new characters, like Hot Rod, who is our main character, voiced by Judd Nelson. You have Cup, uh, an elderly Transformer who is a veteran, uh, Ultra Magnus, and so on and so forth. So as we're catching up, we realize that it's been quite some time since the show, because again, it takes place decades after, by the looks of it. And we realize that the movie is actually at the point where both sides are kind of at a one may lose one may win we're not really too sure and it's at that point which is an interesting idea for it to go with but then a wrench is thrown into the mix when unicron a planet-eating robot transformer as well gets interested in the battle because he fears that the autobots may be able to destroy him with something they call the matrix of leadership which is a thing that optimus carries but not for long we'll get to that see unicron just like eating planets He's like Galactus in that way. And so our movie begins with that. With uh, Unicron eating a planet, and then we're witnessing what's going on with the Autobots, the Decepticons 
lay out a trap. They come in, they ruin things, and then afterwards, our movie begins. Simple enough, and I'm sorry if I'm a little um, bad at this. I, I'm still getting used to the idea of doing a podcast, so, you know, within time, I'll get better, hopefully. Now, in terms of what I thought of the movie... I actually enjoy this one. I, I get why it's uh, a cult classic. It's one of those movies that, yeah, you look at it and you're definitely going to see problems with it, but there are a lot of good things on it. There are stuff that makes you at least enjoy the craft of it. Because if we're being honest, this is a very cynical movie. It was a movie, of course, designed to sell toys, but even on those standards, it was more cynical than anything that you can imagine. Whereas most movies that are made to sell toys, shows as well, they have to go... Let's introduce a bunch of new characters. Let's have you buy into that. And, you know, you'll, you'll pay for it. You'll pay for it. This movie, on the other hand, was like, no, we already have some toys that you know are on the way out. There are characters that we assume the kids already have. They don't care for them, maybe. Let's kill them off and tell them, these are the guys you want. These are the toys you want. These are what you're going to be buying. Forget those old guys. They're dead. Here you go. And I'm sorry if I spoiled anything. Realistically, a lot of the deaths happen early on in the movie. But if you're not into the whole spoiling thing, I would recommend stopping the the video or audio, whatever you want to call it, right now. Go watch the movie and then come back. But yeah, such a cynical movie. I mean, it is very much, you know, buy this toy, the movie. And yet, it's still worth watching like i said it, it is a cult classic for a reason uh the movie didn't do so well when it came out it was um i mean i don't know if it was that much of a massive failure i mean from my understanding it made like five million dollars against a budget of six million but then again you have to consider you know marketing merchandising that kind of stuff so I, I don't know i know that it is considered a failure but over time it's gotten its fan base i mean i was introduced to it largely because i started noticing within um my middle school year is like uh, pretty much around 2006. Yeah, because it would have been the, the 20th anniversary. One, I saw the, the, the movie out on DVD because they were promoting it to um, hype up the, the Michael Bay movies. But two, it became very clear that it had gotten, you know, even a fan base by then because I remember seeing it pop up in lists of like, you know, best animated movies, underrated animated movies, stuff like that. And, you know, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's one of the best animated movies I've ever seen. I would say it is one of the more interesting ones I've ever seen, and and that is why I would say it's, it's understandable that it's a cult classic, because it, it really does, more so than any other animated movie that I've ever seen, and there are some, of course, animated movies that are cult classics, that feels like it lives up to that cult classic name, like, it's not exactly, you know, a masterpiece, but at the same time, it's not awful, even though it has a lot of weird ideas that maybe wouldn't work if it had been done just a little differently, but because it was done the way it was, it ends up, I, I, I feel like saying, accidentally becoming a good movie. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, it is a really well done movie. I mean, when I first saw it as a middle schooler, like I said before, I remember only liking it for the music, which I'll talk about more uh, in a bit. And yeah, like, you know, the music is, is great. It, it is there. But I remember not really get, getting the story, just being kind of bored because it was kind of all over the place. And I, and I just remember like, yeah, this is, I mean, it's fun. It's definitely worth it. But, you know, it's not the, the great movie that people were telling me it was. 
So years later, I would revisit it and I would find that I enjoyed it a little more, but I only saw it in parts at that time. So I was just kind of like, eh, you know, maybe I was harsh on it as a kid, whatever. So this time around where I actually had to watch the whole thing, because, you know, one of the things I want to make sure while I, uh, while I talk about this is that when I do these podcasts, I will be watching the movie beforehand. I don't want you guys to think that this is just me recollecting memories from, you know, what I've seen beforehand. Like, no, I want to make sure when I do this, I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about. So I will watch it again at least once just to get a good idea of what I'm talking about. And yeah, I, I find that I enjoy it a lot more than I did back then. Like, I feel uh, some of the ideas are much greater. I like the idea that this is a war movie, wherein, and of course this was done cynically, but it is something that works in its favor, is about basically soldiers who just lost their leaders on both sides, because both the Autobots and the Decepticons lose their leaders, because, you know, again, sell toys. And seeing how, you know, they each deal with it, like you have the Autobots, they're struggling to move on to have someone that their leader said like hey you're gonna be the leader now and it's you know you see that that progression whereas the decepticons the bad guys are pretty much uh, megatron died but you know i can lead so everyone goes into an all-out war you have starscream which is the second in command and fans know is always trying to betray megatron anyways is pretty much just cheating his way into the top wait i still function Wanna bet? Until he gets killed as well, because obviously. I would describe this movie as what if you had a, a Saturday morning cartoon mixed in with um, classic pulp sci-fi. And that's kind of how it, how it works. A lot of it, you know, feels like it has bigger ideas than it ever really thinks about. You know, like seeing the whole race of different robots, a uh, whole universe of different things, how they work. Like, you know, you got a planet at some point where it's like pretty much like here's these rulers who are always holding like kangaroo courts. Uh, I, I think that's the term. Here's a planet full of like like uh, trash and stuff like that. And I do like that there's even like, oh, well, if you're ever lost, there's actually this um, thing that we say that, you know, showcases like it's a universal sign of acknowledgement. Like it's a positive um, phrase called like, um, and it's a silly one. It's a uh, Bowie Grana Weep Ninibong. I mean, th that sounds silly, but it, it works because it's like, okay, you know, yeah, that's actually a cool idea. Like, imagine if we had contact with other, you know, alien species and, you know, even though we couldn't understand each other, we, we came up with a phrase to say like, hey, we're peaceful people. We're smart. We, you know, we'll work with you. Let's just say this one phrase and that'll, you know, pretty much be a universal sign of, hey, we're with you. So, you know, that kind of stuff is always cool to witness. Just like the animation, I mean, this is very much uh, just a little bit or better than TV animation of that time. I mean, there, there's more fluidity to the movement. The coloring is, is pretty cool. It, it kind of reminds me of like old Pulp Magazine covers. And, you know, it, the action looks pretty cool at times. There's a lot of flashing lights. So I would recommend being careful if you're sensitive to that kind of stuff. I would imagine some people can get seizures out of this movie. But it, it does look cool. It's not, you know, Disney, of course. It's not Disney-level quality. It's not even Disney-level animation quality of now. But, well, you know, at least in terms of the movement. Definitely on the angles and stuff like that. It, it would, you know, be far superior. Which is what I'm, you know, feel on it. Is that it is a cool-looking movie on its own. Regardless of the parts where it falls short. And on that account, I could definitely recommend it as something worth watching just because it's cool to look at. Now, admittedly, they do throw a lot for people who are unaware of the Transformers lore, but realistically, even if you haven't seen the original show, as long as you know bad guys, good guys, they're at war, 
you can probably follow along with it. I mean, realistically, like I said, I was never really much um, into the original cartoon. Like, I saw a few episodes here and there, but I was mostly familiar with Beast Wars, so I was able to follow along when I first um, saw it. Kind of enough, not to a point that, you know, like now where I really enjoy it, but, you know, it is a, a hassle for cer certain viewers. I understand that much. But then, of course, there's also the the voice acting in this movie, which is pretty solid stuff. I mean, a lot of people often credit stuff like Aladdin or, you know, later animated movies like Shrek as a place where, you know, celebrity voice actors became the norm. But even, you know, you can see with something like this, which was released in the mid-80s, that they were still doing it even back then. I mean, you got like, oh, here's Leonard Nimoy as the voice of Galvatron, which is, um, spoiler alert, uh, what Megatron becomes um, after or um Unicron meets with him like he revives them and gives them a new name called Galvatron and you know on that front the voices are really good I mean a lot of it is still like the classic voice actors they have um, Peter Cullen, Susan Blue, Corey Burden you know you got people who are normally voice actors anyways but then you got the you know like the celebrity voices like Nenner Nimoy like I just said and Orson Welles yes um Citizen Kane Orson Welles as Unicron, and I like it. Uh, you know, it's a lot of fantastic stuff. Orson Welles, in particular, and I'll get more into it with him uh, later, is really menacing as Unicron. I mean, you can tell that he probably didn't really care too much on this, but just the way his voice sounds like, and I know that they did kind of mess with it a little bit with um, synthesizers, but that was less because he didn't care about it and more because, you know, at this point he was already dying. This was his final movie. And, you know, it's it's still great voice work. I mean, a lot of his lines are stuff that even as a kid I remember and seeing it now, I'm like, you know, yeah, this is one of the great uh, animated villains, not from Disney. Maybe even animation in general, but I I'm gonna say just not from Disney just to kind of limit it a bit because I know that, you know, there is limitations to what was done with Orson Welles, but it, it is great. I mean, uh, Unicron is one of the more iconic Transformer villains for a reason. And yeah, it's just a really good, you know, experience. I, I know it has its flaws. Like I said, it's not going to be easy for all um, newcomers to it. There's a lot of characters that are just kind of thrown in because, again, we're selling toys. And yeah, the movie is kind of all over the place in certain spots, but on, on the whole, it's a fairly straightforward story and it does function as a movie. So that's another thing I could kind of give it praise for. There's a lot of movies that are made for shows where it's like you watch it and you're like, there's no reason this needed to be 90 minutes. This one, if anything, I feel like it could have been a little bit longer because I feel once you get to around the hour mark, uh, when, when all the, the good guys meet up with each other, because at some point they get separated, it kind of um, just speeds along like, okay, now Gavatron is trying to betray Unicron, but the heroes come in to stop it. Unicron is trying to eat the, the Autobots' homeworld. Um, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, it, it definitely works overall. Like, it, it definitely feels like a movie uh, and not like just another episode of the show. Like, it's certainly shallow, but I do appreciate what it's doing uh like i said the whole idea of just seeing how young soldiers deal with having to lose their leaders and how they respond to that interesting stuff could be done for like a really serious good movie like i could see someone taking this and remaking it into a, a better movie that maybe isn't tied to the transformer so they don't have to tie it down with toy stuff and it would be interesting stuff maybe there already is one i'm not really too familiar with a movie that is kind of like this specifically in terms of just dealing with soldiers having to deal with the loss of their leaders but you know it is um it is definitely an interesting uh ride for w what it's doing and you know 
as for why I chose this specific movie, I mean, uh, pretty much, like I said before, it's something that I do have history with. I saw it on its 20th anniversary. Uh, you know, the Michael Bay movie uh, was coming out around the time, and I was already pumped for that because it was like, hey, you know, they're making a movie out of a, uh, of a thing I remember seeing as a kid. You know, as a much younger kid, because I was still a kid at that point. And looking at it now, since we're on another anniversary, this is specifically the 35th anniversary, we're getting a 4K version of this, and I'm, you know, definitely pumped for that. And... Yeah, I figured, like, hey, you know what? I should talk about this movie. I mean, it was either going to be this or maybe Shrek, since that's another movie with an anniversary this year, or just something completely different. I felt a little more, like, this was a little more special and deserved a little more attention just because, you know, even though it's, um, even though it's, you know, become a cult classic, it still could use a lot more attention. I mean, this is still pretty much an underdog of a movie i mean most people when they think of transformers movies they think of the bay movies which largely miss i mean there's some stuff that that i do like about those i do like that they largely employed voice actors for a lot of the characters uh it did result in bumblebee which i think is the best transformers movie but there's a lot of interesting stuff to this one like even though bumblebee is technically the better movie and i agree it is better there's spots of, of, of this movie that i feel are more interesting and again as someone who just enjoyed it for like pretty much the music as a kid and you know maybe a few other things but nothing too grand and then revisiting it now and seeing hey you know there's a lot of things that i didn't really pick up on or just didn't really care for as a kid that i now really appreciate it is nice coming back to this movie and seeing just what exactly works about it and i do find that more people are a little more open-minded to this one now I don't know about the people who were adults at the time it came out. Maybe they're still, you know, grumpy about it. But I feel like if you're an adult who grew up with Transformers, you'll definitely enjoy this one. Uh, even if you didn't enjoy with this specific version of Transformers, younger kids will enjoy it. I find teens will probably be a little more skeptical on it because, you know, at that point you're trying to be cool. Uh, you're trying to avoid a lot of the sillier cartoons, classic teen stuff. I'm not trying to be hip with them. I'm just being real with you that's how a lot of teens are i know but yeah i i find that you know if you're open-minded enough you can probably find something that you enjoy about this movie again maybe if you were an adult right when this came out you'll probably still hate it but i don't know i'm hoping that maybe my words can influence you enough to give it another check think about just some of the stuff that i've mentioned regarding how this um goes about and maybe you'll find something that you do, do like now um maybe you'll find something that you do find interesting i hope so at best if if not it's definitely got the music and yeah this this movie has a great soundtrack easily one of my my favorite um uh, movie soundtracks of all time i mean it's a bunch of 80s you know, rock schlock, I, I would say. But it, it's the kind of stuff that, you know, it, it's solid. You got The Touch, uh, which is incredible song. You know, it's, it's a really catchy, really good song that pumps you up, inspires you. Uh, even one of the worst ones, to me at least, which was Instruments of Destruction, which just sounds like a more generic rock song. You know, that one's still a solid one, and I just love how it, it's mixed into the movie. There's also Dare to be Stupid, which that one actually caught me off guard when I first saw it because I was like, oh, it's a Weird Al Yankovic song. Oh, what, what is it parodying? Oh, it, it's not a parody. It's just an actual, uh, an original song. Okay, I didn't know that Weird Al Yankovic did that. And while I certainly appreciate it now more than I did back then because I remember hating it a lot more back then, it's still a weird one just because I'm still so used to the idea of Weird Al Yankovic just doing parody songs that hearing something original from him just feels weird to me but it's still a good one it's still something that i would recommend it's a very solid so soundtrack and even the um, even the score of the movie is very good it's very mechanical it, it you know it gives you a lot of good vibes like whenever unicron is just flying around through space it's like this kind of menacing synthesized you know mu uh, music 
and it, it it gets me pumped for that feeling. It's just a really good soundtrack. But of course, wrapping around back to just the movie, it was a commercial movie. It was supposed to be just a commercial for new toys. Uh, that's all it ever was. Hasbro pretty much was like, hey, we can do new toys. But on top of that, let's kill off the old toys because people aren't going to want those anymore. And apparently even the people making the movie were like, you know, this probably isn't a good idea. If we kill off kill off um, Optimus Prime within the first 30 minutes of the movie, which is how long it takes, uh, kids are not going to be happy about that. And they're like, nah, 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 kids just want the toys. They don't care about this stuff. And surprise, the kids that did go see the movie ended up being really upset that they killed off Optimus to the point that apparently in some versions, I never saw it on, on the versions that I've seen, but apparently like in some um, home home releases, they do include like a, a message at the end saying Optimus will return in, in the show later on, or Optimus is not truly dead or blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I mean, that's when you know that you accidentally made something more emotional than you intended because you thought that you were just going to sell off a bunch of toys to kids, not realizing that kids care about these things. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. You could have the dumbest store, you could have the dumbest, dumbest product, but if it's a product that kids want, they will be attached to it. I know, because again, when I was a kid, it was no different. I was really attached to Pokemon. I'm still kind of am. But yeah, like with Transformers... They wanted this to be a big hit by selling a bunch of toys that they were basically saying, hey, those old guys, move aside. These are your new heroes. Obviously, it was not going to work. And look, it's not all bad. I mean, one of the new guys, well, pretty much the main new guy, Hot Rod, is a fine character. He's no Optimus, though. That's the problem. Is like, you're telling me, oh, Optimus Prime, the stoic leader who's got the cool Peter Cullen voice, is nothing compared to this new guy, Hot Rod, who becomes Rodimus Prime, voiced by Judd Nelson. And I'm like, look, I got nothing against him. He is a good everyman, um, good young everyman character, but he's not Optimus, and that's not what most people wanted. It was just a very cynical move from toy companies that accidentally ended up making this movie better than what was or, what it would originally be, because if it was just made to sell toys, like if they didn't choose to kill off characters, this movie probably wouldn't have been as remembered as it was. I mean, most people remember it for the specific reason of so many characters being killed off but aside from the obvious like hey you know people care about these characters it gave it some death because again you got that whole storyline of hey here's a bunch of soldiers having to deal with the idea of like hey how do we continue on this war when we don't have our leader so it added some interesting text into a movie that was always just intended to be hey Mom and dad, go out, get little Timmy his new um, hot rod because, you know, he's the new guy. That is just interesting to me and it's just something that I've always kind of loved about this movie. Just that it's one of the most accidental hits ever made. I mean, of course, not not as in hits uh, as in the movie. It didn't make money again. But in terms of people caring about it, it's an accidental classic. It's a movie that would pretty much be up there with something like The Producers, you know, like if you've, you know, if you know the movie The Producers, uh, these guys are trying to create an absolute flop, only they create an accidental, accidental classic by all the little mistakes that they end up making in producing their play. That's kind of what happened here. They wanted to just make a toy commercial, they ended up making something more because of the stupid ass choices they chose to make. And again, it's just a lot more mature than you one would expect. I mean, of course, it's not a very smart movie, but the fact that it is, whether unintentional or not, and definitely unintentional, thinking about these ideas, it makes you feel smarter than 
it ever was intended to be. That's funny to me. I mean, it almost feels kind of ironic that Orson Welles was involved with this because, you know, Orson Welles was, of course, you know, a high caliber actor. I want to say his career was ruined by Citizen Kane, but, you know, it was damaged more than it could have been had the guy that it, that was based off of, um, that was that it was satirizing, uh, hadn't, you know, pretty much waged a full-on war against Orson Welles in the movie. But, you know, you got this really talented actor coming in to essentially do a voice role that was just to sell shit, and realistically, by that point, Orson Welles was no stranger to just selling a bunch of crap. I mean, apparently, he latched onto this because he always wanted to do an animated feature i don't know if he ever did anything beforehand uh voice work it, i would assume not if that's the case but he did that and then by the time he actually recorded designs which was just apparently 10 days away from his actual death one of his final things was like oh yeah i voice a toy that you know gets mad at the other toys and something other or other happened i'm paraphrasing paraphrasing this you can find uh, find the actual quote online fairly easily but the point is that he really didn't care but at the same time it's it's interesting because just his presence kind of elevates this for a lot of people and I can't say it's for um, no reason because he definitely adds a lot of special stuff to it. I mean, again, the, like the voice work is pretty amazing for someone who was already dying. I mean, yeah, I know that they synthesized some of the voices to kind of make it a little better, but you know, you can tell when when there's effort given and when there's not, even if the if the voice is messed with, and you can tell that yeah, he was definitely you know kind of playing up the the villain role, and it, it is something that works in the movie's favor. Posture is highly dubious, but very well. I will provide you with a new body and new troops to command. And? And nothing. I mean, it's certainly one of the aspects that stood out to me, because even at that point, I was already, you know, really into film, you know, I had, I was new to um, the, the, uh, the idea of Citizen Kane, I was, I mean, I still remember when I uh, saw it, I was just like, oh, wow, this was Orson Welles' last movie, that's cool, which, you know, not something that you would normally hear someone around 12 or 13 to say, if we're honest, but, you know, it, it was where my mentality was at at the moment, and it's still something that I find really cool, like, I still just think of it every now and then, like, hey, Orson Welles died doing Transformers the movie. Just imagine other talented actors and what they do at their end. Not as an insult, but just it's, it's something just to think about that's always, you know, fun. And, you know, this has its final role. I mean, I wouldn't knock it. It's sure it's, it's just a commercial movie, but it's one of the best commercial movies as far as I'm concerned. And it's one of the best commercial movies as far as a lot of people are concerned. I mean, like I said, is it perfect? No, I mean, it's, it's got a lot of flaws, but it does have a lot of solid ideas accidentally um and uh, yeah accidentally it is a cult classic but it is a cult classic for a reason flaws and all so if anything i don't know I, I mean i don't know I, I don't know how orson wells would feel about it but if anything i think that he should be proud if you know if he if we were given the chance to feel about uh, you know to know how to feel about it i mean of course he wasn't it didn't seem like he was so proud by the end, but I don't know. You know, it's definitely something that a lot of Transformers fans will remember from him, and it's definitely something that I I appreciate outside of his work on um, Citizen Kane, outside of knowing that most people will probably just remember him as, well, not most people, but, you know, most people my age who aren't really into movies will probably just know him as um, the inspiration behind the voice of Brain from Ping in the Brain, but, you know, he is a very talented actor who loomed large on, on the field, and, yeah, this was definitely something special on it. Is the animation great? No, but it does have a lot of style, so it's definitely an interesting movie to look at. Is the story great? No, but, again, there's a lot of... A 
great ideas in there and it does at least feel like a movie you know which is not something you can say about a lot of um tv shows you know that take that leap into movies you know a lot of them often just feel like long episodes this one does not but the movie is definitely special for a reason it's definitely something that i think is worth watching it's definitely one that i would recommend watching if you've never seen it before and i understand why it's built up this legacy it is a cult classic for a reason and that reason being is that it's got a lot of style to it the music is great the voice acting is great the ideas are interesting maybe not the greatest but they are interesting not everything is executed greatly that much is honest and you know i can't really deny that but one movie executes everything perfectly it's definitely a special movie i get why it continues to have this legacy i don't agree with it being one of the best animated movies but i can see where someone might come from on that that front it's definitely more interesting that than even a lot of movies that are better than it i would honestly argue that that a lot of the movies that we see that you know are normally nominated for best animated film are lesser than this and not not exactly in terms of oh quality because you know i would say you know there's a lot of them that are better than this movie but at the very least in terms of again the ideas uh, place and just the interesting story behind how it all got made and how the people making it weren't exactly expecting it to be anything more than just a commercial is fascinating so i'll say this much if you're a fan of transformers watch it it's much better than the bay movies I would say Bumblebee is still the better movie, but it's still the more interesting movie by comparison. Check of that what you will, but I feel like that makes sense. It's definitely one of the more interesting movies based on shows, based on toys. It's just a fascinating sci-fi pulp adventure that kind of leans into what it is while accidentally being more which realistically that's how a lot of pulp stories were oftentimes they were throwing more ideas into these things without really thinking about what they were that's what transformers the movie is it's a saturday morning cartoon mixed with a pulp uh sci-fi story that became smarter than what it intended to be even though it never actually acts on it well enough but it is there you can see it there it has potential, and I enjoyed it. So until next time, this has been Octaviano Macias for I Can't Believe It's Not the Mouse. Have a good day. Oh, shit, what are we going to do now?